many aspire to reach the upper echelon of the healthcare industry, but few are able to successfully navigate the corporate ladder. As Asia becomes the world epicenter of the healthcare industry, C-Suite Partners sits down with international healthcare executives, asking the tough questions and unpacking the personalities of the top industry leaders. Welcome to the boardroom. Andrew, thanks for joining C-Suite Partners in the boardroom. Thank you for having me. Can you talk to me about your career over the past 10 or 15 years? Yeah, sure. So, in sort of in prep for coming here today, I was thinking about it, and actually it's nearly 30 years in the healthcare industry now. Wow. So, okay. you know, I've started from you know, straight out of a university into an entry-level job. Mm. And you know, I've seen lots of evolution across the industry as you know, my time's gone on. But probably in the last 10 or so years, I've gone from owning my own business to moving into a um, consulting job, moving to Asia at the same time and um, taking on leadership roles across the Asia Pacific region when, to be fair, looking back, I didn't know much about the cultural differences okay. between you know, Sydney and Singapore or Sydney mm. and Vietnam. Um, and then most recently, yeah, moving to Hong Kong about a year ago as Managing Director of Bupa Asia. What about the Asia healthcare market with your lens on obviously working in the Australian market? Obviously, Asia is broad. Yes. Do you see it as, you know, opportunistic for businesses to come into, say, China in the next five or ten years? Or do you think it's, it's still a, a fair way off? Yeah, so I think, actually, we talk about it a lot internally that... Um, yeah, the opportunity in China is huge. The opportunity in places like Vietnam and the Philippines mm. that are very rapidly evolving is also quite exciting. But at the same time, they're hard markets to crack. So we've got a very big focus on China and we, you know, we think about what's the right segments to be in. We, we really like the Greater Bay Area. So mm. you know, we've, we've got a strong presence here in Hong Kong. Mm. We're looking at how we come through Macau and the rest of the Greater Bay and continue yes. expanding that as well as our broader China strategy, but equally when I look at China, I am greatly concerned by big Chinese insurers mm. and clinicians that want to come out of China. So okay. we spend a lot of time thinking about startups and potential disruptors to us. I think one of the big disruptors potentially coming will be one of the giant Chinese insurers suddenly deciding they want to work in other markets. What do you think in terms of the, the talent level here in Asia compared to say the UK or Australia, for example, do you see there's there's a disparity in, in skill set? No, not really at all. So, I, you know, I left Australia, you know, a bit younger than I am today, mm -hmm. and probably a lot more arrogant than okay. I am today. Yep. And my view when I left Australia was, you know, it's the greatest place in the world to do business. Mm. Amazing deals happen here, and and all the people you interact with are really high performing. Mm. The reality I very quickly discovered when I first moved to Singapore was that actually. There's very good people everywhere around the world. So what I've learned, I think, is that finding good talent is no more difficult in Hong Kong or Singapore than it is in Sydney or Melbourne or London. Tell me about a time where you thought you're potentially out of your depth in, in a role, whether you're mm -hmm. over-promoted or yes. you're, you came up against a, a large deal that was a bit over your head. Yeah. Do, do you remember anything like that from your yeah, career? Well, so there's a number. Um, <laughs> okay. and, an example would be when I first started the business, 
Um, you know, I had no idea about how to run a business. I didn't yeah. know who to go and engage with. The first 12 months, looking back, was, was horrible. And mm. yeah, the reality was we massively underperformed. We were lucky that we had one contract and that one contract yeah. allowed us to keep our head above water. Yeah. But there was no strategy. I had no clear vision on how do we actually achieve any goals here? How do we make this a much better business? Now, you learn as you go along and we made lots of mistakes and you know, gradually got better at thinking we actually need to take a step back here and build a proper business plan, which in all of my corporate career I'd done, but suddenly I ended up owning a business and running a business and yeah. suddenly thinking I didn't need to do that. So that's a story around you know, a time, but I could give you direct examples of executing on projects mm. where we had poor governance in place. Um, I could give you a recent example of that where we've launched a project only to find out we launched it and it didn't work. Right? So mm. there's a whole lot of process that I think needs to go into you know, each and every one of our Acti daily activities and careers. We're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to have things go wrong. I think the way I like to deal with them is to try and fix them. You know, so let's not just give up on this project or let's not give up on this person. It's, you know, what, what can we do to salvage the best out of the situation? And what about in terms of bad hires that you've made? You're obviously a, a very senior executive. Um, we, we all make hires that, that don't work out. Is there one that comes to mind that you can talk to me about? Yeah, so I think I've, I've made a number, by the way, not just one. Um, you know, the reality, I think, where I've got most of my bad hiring has happened has been when I've looked at someone and thought, you're not exactly right, but I think I can turn you into okay. what I'm looking for. Or I've cut a corner being not really checked out <laughs> their references or you know, had the agency or our HR team mm. really dig deep enough. Or thought about it from a budgeting point of view. So I said, you know, we need to pay this person $150,000 a year, but actually we could get someone cheaper for maybe 100,000. Okay. Why don't we do that? And we'll save the money. All of the instances where I've made bad hires have been really my fault. I think, in, and unfortunately, a lot of times the individual that's been hired has been caught in the middle of a bad decision that I've made, not necessarily that they were a bad mm -hmm. hire. So, you know, look, lots, of, lots of bad mistakes in terms of hiring people. I think as I've gone along now, I'm a lot better at following some simple rules, which is find the best person that's out there and don't be rushed to make a decision. What about your career in one word? Fascinating. Andrew, thank you very much for your time with C-Suite Partners in the Boardroom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.